John Cannon and the Congregation of Victory Church welcome you to this message from the Word of God. It is our heartfelt desire to see you grow closer to the Lord and to help you become all that He has created you to be. Our prayer is that through this ministry you would come to know Him in a greater way and that these teachings from Scripture would better equip you to fulfill His plan in your life. Now, let's join Pastor John as we study the Word together. intentions this morning of preaching point three and four of the message that I did not get to preach. <laughs> you guys are very familiar with that, right? Uh, he usually gets to the introduction, maybe one point, and then it's kind of done. Uh, and I really had, had really just, I got tremendous feedback, and I really thought, well, you know, I need to go home and preach this, just preach point three and four. Well, I had, I had planned to do that all the way up, and I've been wrestling with that, especially the last couple of days. Uh, had planned to do that. However, I really feel the Lord has changed my direction because of what took place about 12.30 a.m. this past Friday morning in Colorado. Um, The movie massacre that took place. You see, church, I believe it's time that we get serious about our business with God. And I believe it's time that the pulpits of America need to wake up. Hello? Hello? I feel sometimes we have played church and gone through the motions and the activities and the result is things like we see today. It's time we get serious about our faith. In the message I preached about persecution being part of the Christian faith, that is very true. And we need to be ready. We really, as believers, need to be ready to die for our faith. That's how serious it is. But even on the flip side of that, we need to take seriously this call that we have been given to evangelize the world, to be the salt of the earth, to be the light of the world, to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ, to teach people about His love and His mercy and His grace and His forgiveness. And and we need to be busy about that. So today, I've kind of got a twofold. I'm kind of torn in two different directions. So I've decided to to divide it up like this. Today... I want to give you a prayer response to the Colorado movie massacre. Today I want to give you a prayerful response to that. Next Sunday, somebody asked me if I'm going to preach today. I think Miss Diane, she said, you going to preach today? And I said, I'm probably going to lead in this prayer, but I promise you, honey, I am going to preach next Sunday because next Sunday I am going to give you a biblical response to the Colorado movie massacre Next Sunday, we're going to get into God's Word. Uh, This week, uh, this Friday morning, when I got up and I turned on the news and was getting ready to come into the office, and, and, and of course, this was unveiling, this was breaking, uh, there were several comments that were made that that really kind of just pierced my heart. And one of the comments that I heard making numerous times was, how did we get to this place in America? How did we get to this place in America? I know how we got to this place in America. And I'm going to be sharing some of that with you next Sunday. But I think before we can rear back and really start unpacking that, I think we must fall on our face before a holy God 
And we must get a hold of God. We must get a hold of Him in prayer. We must get our hearts right with God. We must get our lives right with God. And listen, guys, if there's anything in your heart that is unpleasing to our God, I want you to repent of that today. All right? I mean, I'm, I'm gonna, I've searched my heart. As a matter of fact, I spent hours yesterday preparing a message on the biblical response. and I just didn't have liberty and freedom from the Lord to, to start delivering that. I will deliver that next week. I want you to come back. I want you to bring your family, bring your friends. Listen, America is looking for answers today. And our pulpits of America must start addressing some of these downfalls of our nation or our nation is going to hell in a handbasket. Hello? I am sick and tired of Christians and pulpits and preachers in America trying to be politically correct. It's time we become preachers and Christians and churches of America that are biblically accurate. And if it hair lips the devil and everybody else, then so be it. Hello? God's looking for a people that will quit playing church and quit trying to build a large multi-mega church by drawing the thousands in with sugar and honey. Amen. It's time we get back to what thus saith the Word of God. And I want to try to lead us, and I'd love for our church and the family of our church to be a leading voice for God in this day and age that we live in. I don't want to sit here and just take up real estate at 223 Scott Troy Road in O'Fallon. I don't want to sit here and just open the doors and come in and out and have a little feel-good fellowship with each other. I want us to be serious about our faith. I want us to be serious about the Word of God. Listen, we are Christians. Now, in our day and age, that doesn't have the same connotation that it did back in the biblical days. Matter of fact, whenever you were called a Christian in the biblical days, that was almost like a very negative connotation and a racial slur that was put on you. I mean, to be called a Christian was one of the greatest indictments against an individual to be called a little Christ or a Christ follower. Very negative connotation back in the biblical days. I thank God for His blessings on the, on the churches of America. And I thank God for the blessings of America. I thank God for how He has blessed us. But we've got to realize today that to be called a Christian, to be called a believer, means that I am willing to die for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Matter of fact, the word Christian is only mentioned three times in the entire New Testament. It's mentioned in the book of Acts where it says they were first called Christians at Antioch. And then, of course, in, and also in the book of Acts, when Felix told the Apostle Paul, he said, Almost thou persuadest me to become and be a Christian. Only other third time it's mentioned in the New Testament is the text that I dealt with this past Tuesday evening in 1 Timothy, or 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 12 through 17, where it talks about persecution as a Christian. And guys, we've got to get back to that. We've got to get back to the place, man, we are serious about our faith. We're serious about our God. We're serious about living for Him. Today, before I start really even unpacking the biblical response, I really want to dwell and focus somewhat on a prayerful response. How did America get to this place? I believe, first of all, we got to this place because we have lost our spiritual compass. 
Matter of fact, in Proverbs 14:34, it says, Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a disgrace to any people. You see, the consequences of our nation today has and is suffering as a result of pushing God aside and getting Him out of our lives and getting Him out of the way, and we're suffering the consequences of that. Our culture today is filled with violence. Everywhere you look, there's violence and there's evil and there's disrespect for life. And I just wonder if we are reaping violence in our culture today because we have sown violence on the TV screens and the computer games and in the minds of our kids. We've got generations of young people now, probably even two and three generations, that have been raised without any biblical, moral integrity, principles, We've pushed God out of everything. He's not involved in our daily lives. He's not involved in our homes. He's not in our schools anymore. We've gotten the Ten Commandments off the walls of our courthouses and out of our public facilities, and we push God away, and then we turn around and say, God, why is this happening? Hello. And I think it's time we get back to being serious about our faith. Our culture is filled with violence and evil and disrespect. As a matter of fact, I read this article just yesterday. In an article called How TV Affects Your Child, here's the statement. To give you perspective on just how much violence kids see on TV, consider this. The average American child will witness 200,000 violent acts on television before the age of 18. It went on to say in the article that TV violence sometimes begs for imitation because violence is often demonstrated and promoted as fun and as an effective way to get what you want. There seems to be this ongoing mimicking. Matter of fact, I was watching Mike Huckabee yesterday on his show, and I love what he did. He put up no pictures of this murderer. He gave no name of this murderer. He talked about the the situation and what was taking place. But he said, I am not going to give this individual that was looking for celebrity status, I am not going to mention his name. I'm not going to put up his picture because all that does is somehow in someone's warped mind is think they can pull off a stunt like this to become a celebrity now in the United States of America and hopefully they can find a liberal judge, which I even heard this morning on the news, that it may take 10 years to prosecute this guy. Ridiculous. And if we have some liberal judge or some liberal government official, it's possible that he could even be pardoned for this. There's been murderers pardoned from death row. Is this okay, guys? Man, we've got to speak to this. We've got to speak to this. I don't want you having to go to to the news channel, whether it be Fox News or CNN News or, 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 or um, what's the Matthews guy or whoever it is sitting around the table. I don't want you to have to go there to get the answers. I want you to be able to come here to get the answers. And when I say here, I'm talking about the Word of God to get the answers. Our churches, listen guys, we have a lot of work to do. In First, First Peter chapter 4 and verse 17, it says it's time for judgment to begin at the house of God. We must start with ourselves. And our greatest challenge is certainly a spiritual challenge. You see, this story has gripped me. And I've really, I told my wife the other day, I said, I can't hardly watch it. I can't hardly just stand to see it and hear the stories and see the the victims and the families that are devastated. It, It troubles me.
and it really troubles me on two, possibly even three fronts. One is in my flesh. Guys, do you realize in our fallen Adamic nature, do you realize we are capable of such horrendous evil acts? Do you realize a man left to himself can fall to the demise of this individual walking into a theater and killing young people and infants and babies and children and mothers and Guys, if it weren't for the grace of God, if it weren't for the grace of God, you and I could possibly fall to that level of evilness and destruction. Don't think you would never do that. No, 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 no. I promise you, the only reason you think you may never do that is because you are experiencing the grace and the mercy of a holy God. Left to yourself, you will destroy yourself. troubles me to realize that left in my flesh, I could do something as horrendous as that. The Word of God says your heart is desperately wicked. And what we need... <laughs> Let me just say this. Some people are coming out and saying, well, we need more gun laws. We don't need more gun laws. Hello? We need the heart to be revived. You can have all the laws you want, but a man that's desperately wicked in his heart, hello, if he murders somebody, he's breaking the law. Don't you think he's going to break a gun law? We don't need more regulation. We don't need more government. We don't need you to fix the outside. It's the heart of man. It's the soul of man. It's the spirit of man that's warped. And the only thing that can fix that's a holy God. Oh, I don't want to get into next week's stuff. Hello? <laughs> It bothers me that our flesh, that we're capable of these horrendous acts. Secondly, it troubles me that I wonder, and I've questioned God, have I missed opportunities to witness to individuals like this guy? And by the way, you'll never hear me mention his name in this pulpit. I won't mention it. I'll never show his picture in this pulpit. I agree with Mike Huckabee. I am not going to make a celebrity out of this guy. But I wonder how many of those guys have crossed my path. And because I was caught up in myself, because I was caught up in my own agenda, and my own goal, I failed to witness to him. I wonder how many individuals have crossed your path. And because we've been caught up in ourself, we've been so self-absorbed. Hello, church. Are you staying with me today? I want you to stay with me. We become so self-absorbed that we don't even take time to be the salt, to be the light, to share the gospel, to tell someone about Jesus. I mean, I wonder how, how many of us have even invited someone to church today. That's the easiest thing we could do, guys, is invite someone to church. And I wonder how many of these people have walked by our path. And because, and you know this is true, because we turn on ourselves. And we start attacking each other in the church. God help us! Persecution should come from the outside, not from the inside. 
Because we look within and we find everyone's faults and everyone's flaws and we're so self-absorbed with ourselves and and finding everybody else's flaws that we fail to be the light, we fail to be the salt, we fail to share the gospel, we fail to be excited about what Jesus is doing. Say amen or oh me, but I want you to stay with me. I may be preaching to an empty building next week, but so be it. I'll rear back and preach it and I'll record it and I'll put it on the internet. It disturbs me what our flesh is capable of. It disturbs me that I wonder how many people have walked by my path that God has intentionally put in my path that I would witness to, that I would share my faith with, that I would tell them how much God loves them, that I would speak into their heart the gospel and the message of Jesus Christ. But because we are self-absorbed, we have missed those opportunities. Mm. Guys, I didn't mean to say all of that. But I'm not going to apologize. Hello? Mm. I want to lead us today in a prayer response. And I think the first thing we've got to do is fall on our face before a holy God because we can't fight this battle ourselves. Matter of fact, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 6, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Matter of fact, it says that after we put on the armor of God in Ephesians 6 and 18, it says, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. Guys, I think our first response has to be a prayerful response. I think we've got to fall on our face before God and call out to Him in prayer. I want to try to lead us in a prayer service. I don't know how many of you may have ever experienced a prayer worship service. But I want this to be very interactive today. I'm not going to stand and pre. I'm kind of done preaching. I'm going to save most of that for next week. But today I want you to join me in prayer. And I always like to pray in Acts. A-C-T-S. And that just simply means adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. You see, a lot of times, whenever we go to God in prayer, we think, boy, I need to pray for exactly what took place. No, no, no. You don't start in prayer with the problem. You don't start in prayer praying for what took place in Colorado. You don't start in your prayer life praying for the families of the victims. You, don't, you just don't start there. You see, if you start there, you would never get to the proper place of falling on your face before a holy God and repenting of your own sins. Because it's always about everybody else. It's always about something else. And it needs to be about us and our heart and our life falling on our face before God. So today, if you will grant me a little bit of time here, and if you will... If you will interact with me, I want to officiate, I want to lead us as a church family. Guys, I believe our first response must be a prayer response. We need God. Without Him, we're nothing. We need Him. And I want to lead you in a spirit of prayer where we adore Him, where we confess to Him, where we cry out that we are thankful for Him, then we give our supplication and we have some requests and things that we're going to ask for. 
So I would like for you, if you will, please, and I'm going to try to pray some of the prayers in Nehemiah and the book of Esther and, and what have you, but I want to try to lead you in this prayer service. I would like for you all just to get into a spirit of prayer. I'd like for you to close your eyes and I, don't, I really don't want the attention to be on me. I want you to really get a hold of God here. I, I've asked Phil if he would put on just some soft, instrumental background music to try to set the tone here. Guys, I think it's important that we as a people, that we as Christians, that we as believers, that we fall on our face before God and we get serious. Our first response it, it must be a prayerful response. We must go to God first. I don't know where else to go. I don't know what else to do. We must go to Him. So let's begin with adoration. I want you to close your eyes, and I'm going to be speaking some through this. I'm going to give, be giving you some subject matter to dwell on and to think on. And then I'm going to be giving some long pregnant pauses to give you a time to reflect. I really want us to get in tune with God this morning. Adoring God in worship is always the proper place to begin. We're called to adore Him for His worth. We're called to adorn Him for His works. We're called to adorn Him for who He is. We're called to adorn Him for what He has done. Let's have a moment to just begin start worshiping Him and adoring Him. In the time of trouble, church, we must begin with God. Let's worship Him and adore Him as we meditate on Him, as we ponder on His character. This morning, I want to give you some attributes of our God's character that I want you to ponder as we adore Him. I want you to think of His holiness. Ponder and adore Him for how holy He is. Father, we praise you for your holiness. Father, we praise you for your righteousness. You are a righteous God. God, we praise you that you are just. God, we adore you how gracious you are. Father, how merciful you are. You're a God that loves us. Father, you're a God that's all-knowing. Father, we adore you for these things. You're a God who is omniscient, all-knowing. You're a God who is omnipresent. God, you are everywhere. Even in the midst of tragedy, God, you're with us. And Father, we adore you for that. We adore you, God, that your ways are perfect. We adore you, God, for the plans that you have for all of our lives. And how you weave that plan in and out of our lives so that ultimately, God, you get the glory. Father, we adore you for how you love us so much that you sent your Son to die for us. Father, we adore you that you also sent the Holy Spirit our paraclete to come alongside of us to comfort us and God we need you now 
Our hearts are troubled. We're perplexed on every side. God, help us not to turn to the news media or to the government for answers. God, help us to turn to you. You are all-knowing. You love us. You've given us your Holy Spirit. You fill us with your Spirit. God, these are some of your attributes. You're in the process, Lord, of conforming us into the image of your Son. You promise us you'd never leave us never forsake us. You promise us, God, that when we stray, that you're there as our Heavenly Father to bring us back into the fold. God, we adore you and thank you that your love is an everlasting love. Your plans for us are good. Father, we adore you because you make no mistakes. Father, we just want to pray back a portion of your word to you. In Ezra 9, Ezra prayed, he said, God, you give light to our eyes and relief in our bondage. O Lord, God of Israel, you are righteous. God, we adore you and proclaim that today. You're a righteous, holy God. Nehemiah 9. Nehemiah prayed, Blessed by your glorious name. May it be exalted above all blessing and praise. You alone are the Lord. You made the heavens and the earth. God, we submit to your Lordship. You are our God. Father, we adore you today. Daniel 9. Daniel prayed and said, Oh Lord, you are the great and the awesome God. And you keep your covenant of love with all who love you and obey your commands. Father, we're thankful that you're a great God. God, as we ponder your holiness and ponder your righteousness and ponder how pure you are, it reminds us of our own sins. So God, even now as we transition from this time of adoration, into area of confession. God, I pray you search our own hearts. 1 Peter 4.17 says, Judgment must begin at the house of God with your people, every single one of us. Right now, God, we confess our sins. We pray that the Holy Spirit of God would finger around in our hearts us, oh God, of areas in our life that are not pleasing unto you. God, I pray. Father, help us to repent. Lead us to repentance. Reveal in our spirits and in our hearts right now, God, those areas you're not pleased with. Help us, God, to confess those sins. Your word says that if we confess our sins, that you are faithful and you are just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. So God, right now we repent.
Father, I, from time to time, I love reading the prayer by Joe Wright, pastor in Kansas, that prayed this powerful prayer at the House of Representatives in 1996. Father, I want to pray a portion of this prayer to you this morning. God, we come to you today to ask for your forgiveness, to seek your direction and your guidance. We know your word says, woe to those who call evil good. But that's exactly what we've done. We've lost our spiritual equilibrium and inverted our values. We confess that we have ridiculed the absolute truth of your word and called it pluralism. We have worshipped other gods and called it multiculturalism. We have endorsed perversion and called it an alternative lifestyle. We have killed our unborn and called it a choice. We have shot abortionists and called it justifiable. We have neglected to discipline our children and called it building self-esteem. We have polluted the air with profanity and pornography and called it freedom of expression. We have ridiculed the time-honored values of our forefathers and called it enlightenment. Search us, O oh God. Know our hearts today. Try us and see if there be some wicked way in us. Cleanse us from every sin and set us free. We ask these things in Jesus' name. In Daniel 9, Daniel confessed that he had sinned and done wrong. Ezra confessed that their people had disgraced your name. God, right now we sit here in the stillness of this moment God we confess our sins to you God finger around in our hearts right now God help us God help us convict us Break us, oh God. Reveal in our hearts right now anything, God, that's not pleasing unto you. God, I'm reminded that Jesus said, it's not even the action, it's the intent of the heart. God says if we hate our brother without a cause, we've committed murder already. We look on someone to lust after them. We've committed adultery already in our hearts. We've talked about people, God. I pray you convict us of it. That's not right. If we're at odds with a brother or sister in Christ, restore us today. God, we repent of pride that's in our heart. Oh, God. As we studied in our men's Bible study yesterday, it's pride that keeps us from doing what we know we need to do. God, convict us of the sinful disease and root of pride. God, we repent of that. And Father, even now we transition into thankfulness.
as we adore you, as we confess our sins before you. God, we are so thankful for you. Ezra cried out in Ezra 9, he said, We're thankful, Lord, that you have been generous to us, that you have given light to our eyes, and you've given us relief. Nehemiah 9 prayed and said, We're thankful that you have forgiven us, that you are gracious and compassionate and slow to anger and abounding in love. Father, right now we thank you for your blessings. We thank you, God, for in spite of our sinfulness, God, you have blessed us. God, we're thankful for, Lord, for how you have blessed us. God, we are thankful for our new church building. God, we are thankful for our Victory Church family. God, we are thankful for new families that have even joined our fellowship. God, we are thankful for the cross. God, we are thankful for a way. God, we are thankful. Right now, just take a moment and just thank God for those things He's given you. Thank God for those areas in your life that He's blessed you. Father, even now, we transition to supplication. God, we've taken time to adore you. We've taken time to confess. We've taken time to be thankful. And right now, in your presence and with your power and with your help, we submit these requests to you. Father, we do pray for the families of the victims of this massacre. God, we ask that even in this dark hour, Lord, that you would be glorified. Father, we pray that what Satan meant for evil, God, that you turn it for good. Father, we pray that Christians and believers and churches all across America would fall on their face before God. Confess our sins. Turn from our wicked, evil ways. And then you assure us that you'll bring revival to the land. God, America has deserted you. God, we pray that our leaders, from the president all the way down to our local mayors, all the way down to our boards of education, all the way down to our teachers and people of influence, would be people that would teach, proclaim, and turn back to the biblical ways, the biblical principles of your word. God, we need you. Father, I pray for this murderer's parents. As a parent, God, we've all cringed. When we get the call in the middle of the night, we know that our children are away from home. I can't even imagine what 
this father must have felt when he got the phone call what his son, his son had done. Oh, the devastation. Father, I pray for his parents. Oh, God. Lord, I pray for our nation. God, I pray for our churches. God, we pray that what's meant for evil would be a tool, God, that you're able to use to bring bring spiritual openness and a spiritual awakening throughout our country. God, I pray for our churches, for Victory Church, the churches in the city of O'Fallon, the churches in the entire Metro East, churches in the entire state of Illinois and the churches all across America and around the world God may our pulpits of America wake up may our preachers of America wake up may the congregations of America wake up and may a spiritual awakening may a spiritual renewal flood our spirits and our souls and our churches God, I pray for pastors all across America that are having to deal with this today. Lord Jesus, I pray, give them wisdom. Give them strength. Fill them, God, with your presence. Give them boldness. The the words that need to be spoken, oh God, they're not politically correct. There's people that will get upset. God, we need to hear from you. Give preachers across America courage. God, I pray for congregations around America. May they support their pastors like they never have. Sometimes, God, it's a lonely place to be. Thank you, God, for the support that I get from our congregation. Thank you for the people you brought into my life. Father, I pray for congregations and pastors and ministries and churches all across America, literally around the world. Bless them. Help them, God, to deal with this. Help us to reach out to those that are lonely, to those that are isolated, to those that are angry, to those children and teenagers that are wondering what in the world's going on. Help us, God to reach them. God, we pray you forgive us of our personal and corporate sins. Father, we pray you comfort these families that have lost loved ones. Father, we pray you'd help us to spread the gospel. We ask all these things in the name of Jesus, our Lord. And all God's people said, Amen. Well, thank you for joining us for this message from the Word of God. 
We know that the truth you have just heard will change your life if you believe it and intentionally apply it. If you need someone to pray with or maybe you just want someone to talk to, please call us at 618-622-9360. That's 618-622-9360. Or you can email us at victory at victorychurchonline.net. That's victory at victorychurchonline.net. If you're interested in obtaining more teaching materials or if you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, please contact us. You can call, email, or send a request to 715 Lake Point Center, Suite 109 in O'Fallon, Illinois. Or come check us out on the web at www.victorychurchonline.net. And again, we thank you and are glad you could join us.